Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bazaar. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. For anyone who's out there, you can find us on Instagram at Justin Bizarro or at Justin the Food Entrepreneur's. Uh, we also have a at Better with Bacon Fat, but I used to say use email if you wanted to be on the podcast and you're a restaurateur and you want us to vet you and be on the podcast and whatever else. But I, we don't even use the email anymore. It's really weird as a team. Like Email has totally exited our existence. We even communicate with each other on social media through Instagram. And so just by the nature of the business and trying to be efficient as entrepreneurs, anyone who's out there, if you have questions or you want to be on the podcast, I think the best way is Instagram. We don't even use email here anymore, even when we communicate each other. And this as my only business, I'm not going to spend money on emails for everyone if we're just communicating through instagram anyway so that's going to be just something i will keep one email address the justin at better with bacon fat.com but for the most part if you have questions for us if you want to be on the podcast either one of them the centurion leadership battalion or this one instagram so that's just i'm streamlining business one visionary thread one thing to manage one contact list to manage etc so um, that being said, I would like to welcome back with us Lauren Storby. How are you doing today, Lauren? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good. And Lauren, this would be like technically part three if we were doing Snack Attack It, but we're doing the Online Restaurant Academy, so we can talk about both. But I just wanted to sort of introduce what you're doing and um, make sure that we sort of draw a parallel here of an opportunity you took during COVID as an entrepreneur to expand your growth and your experience and your exposure, not only for your own business, but for other people's businesses. So maybe let's take a step back since it's been like almost three years since we've last talked. (laughs) Yeah. And let's, let's, and so the audience doesn't have to go back and listen to the episodes. They're more than welcome to, but let's start all over again real quick and just give a brief story of how you guys became food entrepreneurs. Yeah. So I was actually trying to remember when it was the last that we spoke as well. And, you know, with COVID, everything just fast forwarded. It was like a big blur. So thanks for the reminder that it's been three years. Thanks again for having me. Um, My restaurant life started really when I was eight years old. And that was when my parents opened a restaurant in Southern California. And so every time I meet someone new or, you know, we do the consulting side of things, I, you know, I say I I grew up in the restaurant industry and I literally grew up in it from eight years old until now. And I'm 40. So, you know, 32 years of in and out of the restaurant industry. Um, When I could get my worker's permit, I started working in restaurants and then all through high school, I supported myself and then college. And then even after graduating, And I had a different business when um, I was actually bartending at a sports bar style restaurant where I met my husband, my now husband. And we, you know, fast forward, getting married, had our kid. I was, um, I actually did leave the restaurant industry for a short period of time. I went into the apparel world for about 12 years. And after we had our first child, Braxton, we, um, you know, everything changed and we decided we were going to take this huge leap of faith. We were going to leave California. We sold our home 
in order to follow our our American dream, if you will, of opening a sandwich shop in Fort Collins, Colorado. And that's exactly what we did. And again, fast forward till today, it's been just about five and a half years since we opened. And, you know, we survived the whole COVID uh, chaos and we're, you know, we're still moving forward and we're getting ready to sign a new lease. We're getting ready to expand our kitchen. And um, through COVID, I partnered with one of my best friends and another fellow uh, female entrepreneur. And we started Online Restaurant Academy, which has been, it's just been about two years, I think now. And um, yeah, we basically just, we we decided we knew that there were people like us because we leaned on each other that needed help, especially through the pandemic. Um, you know, restaurant owners need help. They don't always like to admit that, but they need help even with a normal business climate. And what we realized was if we're leaning on each other, if we're not sure what to do, there's a lot of other people that are, you know, on their, their standalone islands where they're afraid to ask for help. And we created online restaurant Academy. We also refer to it as ORA where we, um, you know, we help restaurant owners, whether you are looking to get into business, you are in your startup mode and you're not quite sure um, if you're doing things right or wrong, or even if you are a an experienced restaurant owner and you are ready to scale, and if you're you know needing help with all these things that you're just not quite sure if you're still doing it the right way, like you're profitable, but you're not sure if you're you're if the if the operations are the way that they should be running. So essentially, that's that's my background um, with a lot of other details in between, a lot of roller coaster rides in between, but. Yeah, that's where that's that's how we got to where we are today. That's awesome. And I have a few things I want to go back um, and talk about. Actually, one of the things I wanted to talk about is like I went back and listened to the podcast like over the last 48 hours just to prepare for this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true for both of us. Both of us have matured as entrepreneurs quite a bit, particularly in the way we speak. I mean, the way mm-hmm. you laid that out was just uh, I mean, it's like you've practiced it a thousand times. And I think <laughs> as entrepreneurs, we can be long-winded sometimes when we need to be. But I also mm-hmm. think we can be concise and to the point when we have to be also. And that's a, a unique skill where we can plant seeds with very few words. And mm-hmm. it's what you just did there, Lauren. I think it's important to note, and I, I made a note here. The other thing, um, question that I have and, and came in through uh, my earphones is, and I agree with this question, is... When you were off and in the apparel business, and I don't know if I've asked this before and I listen to podcasts, I don't remember, were you itching to get back in the food business? If it's like something that you were calling and grew up in, was there this constant feeling like you should be back in the restaurant business? Yeah, that actually, that's a really good question because I think a lot of us that do end up back in it, we always come back to it. You know, I say this all the time, even with new team members that we hire, I say it takes a certain personality. It takes a special person to not only want to do this, but to thrive in this industry. And that's why I always went back to it. I always, I love the social part of it. I love the, you know, the hustle bustle part of it. I love, um, you know, I was saying loved cause I was, it, it's, it is present tense where that's why we're still doing it. Even as difficult as it is, as it is right now, you love the relationships. You love the community that you build. You love the the energy of a busy restaurant. It, for me, it's 
It's something that I hold really close to my heart and I'm super passionate about. And it was, it was, you know, the in and out of the industry and then finding another love. I loved the apparel industry, but once you have a child, it's just, everything changes. And I didn't want to travel as much. Um, I wanted to be home more. And then what I was realizing was, oh my goodness, I am working so hard for this company. And, you know, they did, they paid me well, they took care of me, but it's just different when you become your own boss and you can really, you know, set your own, set your own rules. Um, even in the restaurant industry, you can work the hours that you want to work, but everything that you are putting in is going to be a, ref a reflection, right. Of, of what you're putting into it. And my husband, he, he was in the Marine Corps for just over nine years and he needed to be his own boss too. So as crazy as it was, it, I think it was, I think Braxton was three weeks old and I was on maternity leave. I'm like a brand new mom. And he's like, let's, let's move out of state. Let's go open a restaurant. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you are crazy. But, and it, and it was crazy. The whole thing was such a fun adventure, but what it was, was we both knew that was where we wanted to end up, that we wanted to be able to provide experiences for people. And we always love to entertain. And so that's, that's part of this industry, right? Why we come back to it is the fulfillment that you get out of it, the people that you meet, the people that you get to mentor and train and empower. And so, yeah, back to your question, I absolutely believe, and I may not have identified that at that moment, but there was always something in me that knew I was going to come back to it. And um, my both my parents were entrepreneurs too. So it was only a matter of time that I was going to take that leap again this time as a, a family operation, right? With me and my husband. So, you know, looking back, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I did have the itch for it because, you know, even as scary as it was, I probably wouldn't have done it if it didn't feel right, but everything just fell into place as it was supposed to. And I, I love this and I just, I'm going to give some commentary and I usually call them tangents, but I'm trying to use more words as I'm being instructed to use proper <laughs> language in here as I'm, um, yeah. you know, broadcasting more uh, professionally. And the thing about it is, I think as an entrepreneur, and this has been my nature from day one, like I've always sort of not been able to just fit in, okay? And mm -hmm. that's not like... I'm not saying that I've tried to either. Okay, it's mm -hmm. very important. And um, and my parents identified that they were entrepreneurial. You know, I grew up on a horse farm, a successful one, and we went to horse shows. And there was you know showing and quarter horses and reining and and barrel racing and all that stuff that went on on the farm and borders and lessons and then traveled to. American quarter horse shows, which I want to make sure I give a plug for, because I think it's important that the horse industry still get support. Mm -hmm. But it's um, there's a rebel thing that goes on, and and I went through this recently as I've sort of transitioned out of a previous entrepreneurial journey of 24 years and into this podcast and some consulting work and starting Freedom Foods um, on my own um, on my own mostly, and then Freedom Foods with business partner, but. One of the things that I've really come to understand about myself growing up the same way you did, or a similar way you did, I should say, not the same way, but it's it's that there's this nature in you that there is no way corporate corporate environment or the normal wherewithal is going to work. And mm -hmm. if 
it's also as an athlete, I even though there's structure in athletics, there's chaos within the game. And mm-hmm. I find business as an entrepreneur better served when I'm an athlete and I look at life that way. And so I get exactly what you're saying. And I truly like I resonate with it. And if anyone out there wants to know whether or not you should be an entrepreneur or not, if you just really resonate with that, it's not a rebellious nature for the sake of rebellion. It's not like, oh, I'm not going to um, I'm not going to make my bed. No, it's actually the opposite. I'm going to make my bed every day because everyone's not going to. That's the rebellion. Yeah. And so yeah. that's what people don't understand. The actual rebellion and doing what everyone else isn't doing isn't not doing something. Everyone's mm-hmm. already not doing that. Everyone's already less than average and everyone's already mediocre, no offense. So to mm-hmm. be better, to be rebellious, it means having more discipline, showing up every day, willing to what Lauren just talked about. There's love and there's happiness in the hardship and growing and and who she's become because of it and her family and her husband and they did it together. So I wanted to just comment on that because I think I recently wrote a text to someone and I talked about this rebellious nature and I was very fortunate. My parents instilled it in me. I went to an all boys private school from seventh to 12th grade and they instilled in me that same type of thing, the rebellion, the the entrepreneurial attitude, the, the being a male and fighting for what you believe in um, type mm-hmm. thing. And that's not against women being entrepreneur. I just went to an all-boys school, so just to be frank. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, and I just think it is so important that you said that, and it is so powerful that anyone looking out there as a restaurateur or wanting this type of needing advice or needing help or needing direction, it's important that you seek out energy like Lauren's. And I'm going to refer to it as energy because it is very important because she understands the importance of passing on what she's been given and Mm -hmm. doing it through the online restaurant academy. Okay, so that's something I want to make note of there. So I'm going to ask this question also, Lauren. You, You said all the hardship all the hardship of being an entrepreneur. So will you explain what you meant by that? Oh, man, I don't know if we're going to have enough time, but I will try and put it in a nutshell. I mean, you know, when you get into business ownership or entrepreneurship, you are on your own, right? Like you are essentially, unless if you do have the strength and the humbleness to reach out for help and to get a coach or a consultant, you you are on your own. And you have to figure it out. And there's essentially no one, you're not going to answer to anyone but yourself. And when you, especially in the restaurant industry, people think getting into it, it's so easy and it's so fun. And it, and it can be when everything is working the way it's supposed to, but that's not the reality of it. And when we talk to new clients, when uh, they come on to Online Restaurant Academy, or even we're just having a discovery call, we tell them that we are going to give you the real raw and relatable advice and knowledge because we don't want somebody to get into this industry, to invest all this money, to take this huge risk, to come to realize it's not anything like they expected. And even growing up in the restaurant industry, I, I knew, I pretty much knew, right? But when you become an owner, it's completely different because everything is on your shoulders, And I'm just going to give one example because it's super fresh of what 
of why we had to reschedule the first time we were going to call last week was we had pipes burst. We had um, everything was frozen in the back. They bursted. And then we had a sprinkler head burst and it came, it was in the cooler. I mean, we had thousands of water rushing down because where our location is, is we're under a big student housing development and it was three floors of water coming through the sprinkler head. And what do you do? You have to figure it out. There's no one to call besides 911 and the property management company. And you have to figure out the solution. And in this business, as an owner operator, that is what that's essentially what you are. You're creating an experience, but then you're also solving problems all day long, right? You are making sure that your team members are doing what they need to do. You're making sure that they're actually coming into work. You're making sure that um, the operations are flowing the way that they're supposed to. You're making sure that there's guest satisfaction, right? Making sure every single plate of food, every single order is going out the way it's supposed to. And when it doesn't, you have to be there to either literally put out the fire, right? Or to solve the problem, to fix whatever is broken. And when I say fix whatever is broken, that could be your soda machine. That could be your grill. It could be your cooler. It could be the ice machine. There's so many, there's so many things to manage that, it can be very overwhelming for someone who is not prepared or willing to get into that uncomfortable space of being a problem solver. And these are just some examples of things that you'll experience. But when you're in it, and if you have never been in it before, it's scary. And that's one thing that goes along with entrepreneurship in general is everything can be new. You know, we're actually getting ready to open another concept. We're going to be expanding our kitchen. And then the other part of the space is going to be a coffee concept. And it's something I've always wanted to do. I have experience in this, but I, there's still something in me that is like, oh my gosh, this is all new. And it's so it's uncomfortable, but this is all part of the process. This is all part of the journey is getting uncomfortable and learning. And this is what I tell people all the time is when you are in that uncomfortable sticky mud space, that's when this action, this internal growth, it actually comes to life for you. And there's no other way to learn than to go through it or to make a mistake and learn how to do it better. And so that is all part of the hardship, right? It's the, the stuff that you can control and then all the other things that you cannot control. And when you have a busy restaurant, you know, you see, you could see, you know, you see on average, maybe about 100 to 150 guests a, a day. And that's on average. Sometimes, sometimes we see 200. When we do a big festival, we could see hundreds of people a day. And making sure that everything goes right every single time is hard. It, there's a lot of pressure behind that. So going back to what we were first talking about, it takes a special person to want to thrive in this, to have joy in bringing these experiences. But then on the not so pretty side of restaurant ownership, yes, it is hard. It is it can feel lonely. You can feel like everybody is relying on you. And, and essentially they are. But knowing that after you get through that uncomfortable space, there is a there's a beautiful rainbow. There is a growth transition happening for you. And those are the things that even when it gets hard are so incredibly fulfilling. And I know for me and my husband, those are the reasons why we continue to do what we do. Yeah, and I, 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 I'm going to say this also, and I, there's a couple things I'm going to circle around based on what you said. And the first one is, I agree with you. Like, if I'm not uncomfortable, I start having anxiety. It's weird. Most people have anxiety <laughs> yes. in uncomfort. Uncomfort. Yeah. 
right. have huge amount of anxiety in comfort. Yeah. If things start yeah. to get too comfortable, I'm freaking out a little bit. And yeah. um, and if I have nothing to do or I don't keep myself busy, even if it's doing something mediocre, it's also like that. If I'm not constantly progressing every second mm-hmm. of every moment, like it's very hard for me. And mm-hmm. I will tell you this as an entrepreneur, I love what you just said is um, as I've really engulfed this over the last four years, um, being a part of the Arite Syndicate for four years has certainly helped this. But and learning how to trigger my own triggers and myself and use them. And then one of the things I want to talk about is feelings and you you sort of got on that. But it's Mm -hmm. like your feelings are indicators. They are not drivers. Okay. They are indicators of an entrepreneur where you are. And I myself during very, very troubled times have let my emotions been the drivers, especially Mm -hmm. because I was involved in family businesses and I've had significant others that were also involved in my businesses. And Mm -hmm. so that makes things hard. So that's not the uncomfort I'm talking about, okay? The uncomfort's Mm -hmm. not where we have strenuous relationships. The uncomfort that we're talking about is that you're pushing yourself for growth, okay? So when I'm talking about me as an entrepreneur, I have to push myself always growing. And it does mean that sometimes I outgrow my relationships. And until recently, I didn't understand truly what that meant and Mm -hmm. how relationships or business partners or whatever can truly hold back your growth. But it is Mm -hmm. something to be aware of as an entrepreneur in the way that you surround yourself. And as me right now, Justin, all these years later, I've grown and I know that at my pace of growth that it's very hard for people to keep up with me, humans. Yeah. And and because of that, and I, I know that you're the same way based on the energy that I can feel. And you're probably, you and your husband are the same way. And so for me, like I have to be mostly alone right now in my next journeys and my entrepreneurs. And it's going to be Justin and the companies because Mm -hmm. I can't slow down for a partner or keep up for someone. I need to be able to create three people that create every new thing that I do. And that's the reality of being an entrepreneur. And that's also the uncomfortability is that I've actually got to take my knowledge and I've got to trust more than one person to do it because that's the key, guys. There has to be like a gatekeeper, a key master, and like someone who checks that they're both doing their job. Okay, so that's the way it works. And I didn't it was a Ghostbusters reference if anyone caught that, but probably not. And (laughs) I'm probably just dating myself. But um, but there's that. So one of the things I also like about what you said is when you talked about growing your business, you didn't talk about social media necessarily. You talked about servicing the thousands of clients that came in the door. Okay, Mm -hmm. and I know I talk about this a lot and I'm going to determine this because we're on the same page here is we talk a lot about in the business versus on the business um, mm-hmm. on this podcast uh, especially recently and being on the business people are like oh I'll just push social media and pay money well you're paying to mm-hmm. get clients that have never tried your product yet okay mm-hmm. so there's mm-hmm. this weird thing where we spend a lot of time on social media and behind and I know reels is a thing and Gosh, I have 500,000 followers. In how many countries? You're in one state. You're not going right. to serve pizza to 500,000 people across the country, across the world. Yeah. Maybe you'll grow a franchise. Maybe that's what will happen. I could see that. 
But more than likely, what you need to do first is truly build that brand. And maybe they get 500,000 followers by building the local brand first. I will believe that. But one of the things I want to talk about is if you're really going to grow a business in the food world, it's all about the constant maintenance and satisfaction and service of the people that come into your store every day. And if you're a tourism town like here in Nashville, you need to make sure that those people are leaving with impact and influence Mm -hmm. and something to say about your product. So they're telling other people when they come here or to your place in the town and, Mm -hmm. and social media matters. It's a backup. It's like Mm -hmm. a reminder. It's like marketing is not sales. They're not the same Mm -hmm. thing. Advertising, marketing and sales, all three different things. Marketing is a reminder. Advertising is a reminder. Okay, they're Mm -hmm. done differently. Marketing, in my opinion, is done free. It's branding. It's what I do. Advertising Mm -hmm. is what I pay for. And I'm willing to be like, oh, I got to go reach a new audience. I can't reach organically marketing. I'm going to go do Mm -hmm. it by paying for it. So it looks differently and I capture it differently. But, you know, someone will tell me I got the definitions wrong. But as an entrepreneur, that's how it works for me. And then the (laughs) other part is, is, um, is this part of where I actually build my brand and build where the advertising support is just supporting the brand and the marketing is just supporting the brand. And that's what you guys did. And I'm pretty sure that's how you survived COVID. So let's talk about that period a little bit, because I think there's a lot of people out there that don't realize the hardship, the pivots, the entrepreneurial growth that happened during COVID purely out of necessity Mm -hmm. and it's still messed up and we should still should not have done it in the way we did it but it did make the businesses that survived stronger so let's talk about that Mm -hmm. yeah I mean to be honest I, I couldn't agree more with everything that you just said about social media and uh, where you're putting your dollars, because yes, social media is, it's something to have on your radar and it's important to look at, but you should not be spending all your time on social media. We all know it's oversaturated. The amount of information that people are absorbing, it's its in and out. It's not going to last. And so the same thing, we talk to our clients about this and say, you should have some sort of a strategy, but don't rely on it. And going back to consistency, that is going to be the number one thing that is going to get people to keep coming back because you, through your marketing and your branding, and this is, right, marketing is so broad. It is through your online presence. It is through your social media. It's through your website. It's through community events. It's through from the point that people come up to your establishment, when they open the door, they come in, that experience, it's the it's the trust that you're building and that's what what people will gravitate towards and that's what they're going to find trust in to keep coming back right so it's the branding part of it is it all consistent and then is your service consistent is your food quality consistent is there value you have to build relationships and that is one thing people do not realize that whether it's online or in person or over the phone or whatever it is you have to be the same. And so it can be exhausting sometimes because you're constantly on, right? You're performing. And when you clock out at the end of the day, you're like, oh, okay, we did it. That was amazing. But again, you know, when you go, when you look at social media, 
there's a lot of opportunity out there. So I always say at least be present. Don't overinvest your time because it doesn't always translate to a sale. Every now and then it does. But if you can focus with your customers in-house, right, and taking care of them because they're the ones, word of mouth, your current customers are your biggest asset. Because if you continue to build trust with them and you continue to uh, give that experience that they're willing to pay for, they're going to tell their friends, they're going to tell their family, they're, it's that trickle effect. And since we're owner operators, we are here, we're here, you know, four or five days a week. We're usually not here at night and we see it. We talk to customers as they come in. We can identify a new customer as soon as they walk in the door because they're, they're not comfortable, right? They're, they're walking in and they're looking around and they're going, oh, okay. They're not really sure like what to order yet. And we ask them, how did you hear about us? Oh, we, we heard about it from a friend. They've been telling us to come in. Or um, I got food from you. Uh, you catered my work event and we decided to come in. Oh, I, we finally decided to turn on our blinker and turn in because we're, we're on the main road in Fort Collins. And we, this is verbatim what we hear all the time. We've, we've driven by you a thousand times. We finally decided to give you a try. <laughs> so it's funny how you, know, you see people come in for the first time. You check on them. You make sure everything was good. We generally give them some sort of a coupon to come back the next time, whether it's a buy one, get one sandwich, or it's a free draft beer. And we see this happen. It unravels before our eyes. They come back two days later. It was so good. It was so awesome. We were craving it. We decided to come back. And then the next week, we see them come in with someone new. And it's either someone you know from their family. It's, a, it's a, a work, someone from work. And then from there, next thing you know, we see the whole the whole office coming in. Like it's like a little, it's like a six person office, you know, event coming in. And then it's catering. And so you totally nailed it by saying taking care of your people in house. Don't put so much pressure on the social media part of it because you'll hear it all the time. You got to post one a d- once a day. You got to do all these stories. You got to get into reels. Which yes, you should if you have the capacity to do that. But your priority are the people that are already walking in your door and taking care of them because they're your biggest asset. And the thing is, is when on the business, it means don't always be at the fryer. Don't always be at the grill. It means go out Mm -hmm. and be and meet the customers. It means actually have a relationship with them. Put a, let them put a face to the brand and the business that you're building. It's important in food relationships and food and because of the way we eat as humans and it becomes a very thing around a table and very social and we go on dates and it's how we do everything. Oh, you want to go mm-hmm. on a date? Oh, coffee or whatever. Yeah. You want to go out tonight, honey? Yep. Where do we want to go? Oh, we're going out for dinner. Okay. Because yep. it circles around everything. So there's so much important in the relationship and food. And for food entrepreneurs, still no matter what, people have got to taste your food. Regardless of if they like it or in your reels and stuff, they got to come buy it and like the food. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I, I agree with you. It's important to invest in it. But first, when you're building as an entrepreneur, you really need to invest in that community aspect and that brand building and mm-hmm. the people that come in and out in face recognition. Like it's really mm-hmm. important. Like you need to start building names and and understanding what it is and it's really hard believe me as someone who has trouble with it sometimes because I can meet like three or four Johns in a day and I'm like oh geez right and <laughs> and yeah. so it's um I try to give everyone nicknames in my head and if I meet them I kind of give them a little nickname anyway but with their mm-hmm. full name that I say to myself before I say their name but 
that's the kind of the way I do it. I used to anchor it to something, which I like what you talked about also um, a little bit. Um, so I'll just transition in that. Is that as an entrepreneur, if you anchor your emotions and you anchor your business and the way and your success, not to the money, okay? It's important that you be profitable and that you manage your balance sheet and that you do all that. But your success is, you need to think about it in more um, long-term and less mm-hmm. right now an immediate outcome. Because if you're investing in the client, like we just talked about, truly, and they come in two days later or a week later, what you're doing is you're investing in the long-term relationship of that client. We talk about this a lot on the Centurion Battalion podcast um but mainly the thing is is that that's what's the lifetime value of of a client of doing the right thing and being a good human to the people that come in and actually want your food they're supporting your family they're supporting your business they're supporting your community so you should be great to them always and that should be reflected in your business i'm sorry it's the right thing to do period, regardless Mm -hmm. of being an entrepreneur. So there's that. The other thing that I was talking about is the anchoring, okay? Mm -hmm. What I've been, I learned to do this as an athlete and I got off balance of it a little bit and then, and I really learned it and then I let personal relationships and stuff sort of cloud it, but I've really over the last four years honed back in and is anchoring my positive emotions to winning moments and then being able to go back and trigger those emotions in order to get through things. Okay, that's adrenaline. That's you were talking about working all day long. Um, you're talking about your passion. We were talking about how do you keep going as an entrepreneur, um, even though it's hard. Even though you know days at FSP, I'd be working 12 hours in the kitchen in Georgia trying to keep everything going because we were having so many troubles there. And then I'd Mm -hmm. still have to work 12 hours behind a desk and I'd be like, where did my day go? And I have no sleep. And so (laughs) like, I'm like, what happened? And so I'd have to like, I'd have to one, I I learned to trigger my sleep at least for four hours where I could literally put myself to sleep at least for Mm -hmm. a four hour period. And then the other thing, but the opposite side of that is I was able to start triggering my adrenaline and my emotions and my happiness and my joy based on anchoring against moments that happen. I snap my fingers when I want adrenaline. Someone taught me mm-hmm. that. I do things with pounding on my chest and fists for different ones. But the the key here is that as an entrepreneur, you can't get so tied up in the now. You need to be able to sort of go back to the past emotions, trigger them in the now moment so you can use them to keep fueling the hope and the dreams of the future that you want and i don't i don't know how to put it any other way than that but Mm -hmm. it sounds hokey but it is so true it's true when i'm running down the street if i need another mile to go i have to trigger something in my head or i put on a song that'll trigger a motivation it's no different than that a song that triggers something is triggering a memory or something or an emotion to that song that makes you feel driven because you probably worked mm-hmm. out to it at a time. It's the same thing. I'm yeah. just anchoring it to my wins as an entrepreneur. And I don't want to get too far into that because, you know, it is something you have to practice. And if you're not careful and you don't really do it consciously and then you just it becomes part of who you are and you don't sort of tame it, it can be mm-hmm. it can go array. Okay. From my right. own experience. So 
Yeah. I will say that for sure. And you can spike your emotions at the wrong time. And then you can have your adrenaline run and then your fight or flight modes up. And so it's something that you need to work on very carefully. Okay. So that's with a grain of salt. But as an entrepreneur, I believe when we have our worst days, if we can trigger that adrenaline to a time where we had a worst day, but it was a huge growing experience into what Lauren said, there was this outcome at the end and there was this rainbow moment. It is true. Mm -hmm. It's not butterfly and rainbows to get there. But if we trigger ourselves to, oh my gosh, this is just another hardship and what happened last time was the rainbow, it's a lot mm-hmm. easier and there's a lot of purity and peace in it. So Yeah, yeah, it really it's it's your mindset. It's controlling your mindset. And we all know you can easily go down that downward spiral. And that's just what you you really have to learn to avoid in this in this industry because you can easily get sucked into all the negativity. But if you can just look at it at like you had said, it's almost like, too, you have to detach your emotions from certain situations. Otherwise, your emotions are going to take over, right? You have an unhappy customer, you get a bad review, you have an employee that you're having issues with, you just have, you really have to detach emotion from it and look and look at it just factual and what is the reality of it and learn how to move forward and solve the problem that way. Um, but you're right. I mean, there's so much that has to do with mindset. And that's in our course. That's actually our first course is all about mindset, abundance, leadership, confidence, because if you don't have that, you can't do any of the other things and do it well. I agree with you. And it's one of the things that I talk, we talk about, well, and the Leadership Italian podcast and Centurion, I anchor a lot of things to ease and We'll be getting into those again as I relaunch that as well under this new roof I'm under. And um, but that being said, is it's like it's about exposure, experience, education mm-hmm. and f- exercise 100 percent because I don't know how you get confidence otherwise. And I don't know that if you don't balance those things in yourself and balance those things in your family and balance those things in your business how you can succeed because it's the whole saying if you you're Mm -hmm. 16 hours in your business and you're not ever working on your business it's almost like a drug you're not you're just getting your fix every day and so it's just a very careful thing we have to do as humans because we can become very 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 micro focused and not Mm -hmm. know that we actually have lenses that can be focused in and out especially Mm -hmm. in our businesses and in our families and us as humans like just yeah. because I do one thing bad doesn't mean I'm a bad human, you know, yeah. but if I continue to do it, will I be a bad human? Okay. That's the type of focus I'm talking about. Okay. Let's take this mm-hmm. out. Okay. One time, not so bad, but how many times does it have to happen before it becomes a pattern and I start to be a bad human? Okay. Yeah. So that's yeah. the thing I'm talking about and the good side too. Okay. I want to be a better human. This is a good thing I can do today. And okay, let's take, let's start focusing out tomorrow, the next day whatever. So that's some things we're talking about. So yeah, I have some questions here for you, uh, Lauren, um, that were got in. So let's start off with what are the the three best qualities that you have of yourself that you think you have that make you a good entrepreneur? Oh, that is okay. This will be good. Um, I think this actually kind of goes back to what you had said about you not that you're a rebel but that you did things differently and since i can remember with my good friends from home i have i have a really great entrepreneurial 
group of friends here. So we all understand each other, but growing up, I was always like the odd one. I, I always, you know, that saying like you zig when everyone zags. And that was me. I was, I am willing to be adventurous. I am willing to try something new, whether I know about it or not. And yes, there's still fear in me, right? Because I, you don't want to say that you're fearless because that's just not the reality. Cause I feel like that could actually be dangerous if you are fearless, right? Because you have to know your boundaries and your limitations, but being willing to step into the uncomfortable space, knowing that you're going to grow out of it. So I think that would be one thing is, you know, willing to take risks, being adventurous. Um, I am super creative. I, so I, I can be very creative and I can be very process driven. So I really do use both sides of my brain because you have to have that too. You can have all the ideas in the world and these amazing um, creative visions, but if you don't know how to actually execute them, you're not going anywhere, right? And so for me, I have a really good balance of being super creative and I love the branding part of it. I love the marketing part of it. I love the creating part of it, but I also am super nerdy and love spreadsheets and I love processes and I love flow charts and I ironically love doing a business plan as not fun as it is, but getting through that and getting all your thoughts down on a paper and creating processes and strategies. I love that. And then third, I would say is I have a really great ability to be aware of how I'm showing up and staying calm. You know, this, this industry will, will trigger you beyond what you would ever imagine. But if you can learn to approach situations with control and confidence and ease and a calmness, it helps everybody else around you, right? Because if you show up in this chaotic mindset and you are all over the place, that is very, um, I don't want to say toxic, but it can easily spread, right? If someone, if someone shows up in this negative mindset with a negative attitude, that is toxic and that will spread throughout the team. People feel that energy. And I'm super in tune with how I'm, how I'm showing up. And I think that a lot of leaders may not have that, or they're working through that. Um, and it's taken a lot of practice. I'm not saying I'm hundred percent perfect at it. I've definitely had my moments in high stressful situations and definitely or in, in like that first year of business where it was super chaotic and you just, sometimes you just don't know how to deal with the situation. But over the last five and a half years, we've really grown into being, um, people in our community that people are able to, you know, just connect with people come to us with questions. I've been, I've become really involved in our local business community. I am on the board of directors for the chamber of commerce now, and also part of the hospitality retail sector partnership, which is really exciting. And so even in my not so great moments, right, I've learned, I've grown, I've made amazing connections. And that's just another part of it too, is like, we've talked about the relationships inside your business, but also the relationships outside of your business. And that's super important because people need to see you're also a normal person. You're not just this restaurant owner, but you're, uh, you know, you've got your mom, you're a dad, you're a sister, a brother, you're a neighbor, and you're just a normal person. And this, but this is your job. It's very different than what a corporate job would look like, but this is your job and you are just trying to make a living, right? And so I think when people can start to identify that as you, then they're gonna, again, trust you and they're gonna choose you over somebody else. Um, 
but yeah, going back to your question, I would say those are those would probably be my my three qualities. Awesome. And I, I have some more questions there that we're going to get into and ask um, just one more set before we go. But I want to comment on something. Um, one of the mentors I have, Ed Milad, and it's through and it's in Arite. One of the things he talks about is the composure. Your last thing that I want to talk about, well, I talk about, I identify as composure. That's how I learned it as an athlete. So, and an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. but in his book that might be still top 10 in the, the world right now, he talks about equanimity and he's been talking about it for a long time and mentoring it, but equanimity is exactly what you need. Can you remain composed or calm in the moment when it makes a difference with your relationships, with your marriage, with your mm-hmm. business? Okay. Mm-hmm. And and as an entrepreneur, and I'm glad you said it because it's weird how stuff starts tying together that's going on around in my world and then ties mm-hmm. back to the podcast and the energy you guys bring in as guests. But and that's the whole attracting energy thing and law of attraction that we're not going to get mm-hmm. into this podcast. But <laughs> I feel like we could talk for hours. <laughs> yeah, but it's um, Edma Led and Equanimity. There's a chapter on it in his book. I recommend everyone go read it. Uh, and I'll put the I I always say I'm going to put stuff in the notes and I forget. But now I have a team and they they go do it. So um, that being said, it's important that everyone understands this. Like. I will tell you that the calmer and the more composure I have and equanimity I have means the more I've prepared for that situation. Mentally, I've run through the scenarios. I vision a lot. I'm a vision person. Like I vision everything. When I was playing soccer, every goal, every header, I imagined it before the game. So if it ever happened, I was already prepared. I had already been in that moment. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't new. It wasn't my first time I knew what to do. And so it's been like that in business too. And there's a Believe me, for every one moment that has happened, there's 10,000 that haven't. But mm-hmm. the reason that it's okay to do that is because I don't anchor myself to the outcome of any of those moments. I'm just walking through them purely for preparation. I'm not walking for through them because I'm like, oh, if this happens, that will happen. When you go there, bad shit happens in your head. Don't do that. But what I am saying is I'm preparing. And part of that is, for me anyway, I don't know how Lauren does it because we didn't talk about it, but it's that equanimity space. It's where I find balance. And for me, again, it's easier for me and everyone has a different way of doing this, but I align my will with God's will. It's like where I know where I'm supposed to be. Like my message is his and it's pure and I'm not doing anything that's going to harm other humans or the animals or the planet around me you know that so there's Mm -hmm. sort of a balance there and I don't know how to explain it but I find composure in that and I find equanimity and knowing that if I just stay true to that one rule like always that I will figure it out and so that's Mm -hmm. for me that composure in any moment if I can ground myself to that and there's been times where I've gotten way far away from that and I've been a maniac and an, and an asshole, to be frank, and a bad mm-hmm. entrepreneur and even a bad human because I, I forgot to continually do that. And so mm-hmm. I'm saying it from experience, but I do think the composure is huge. It's the ability yeah. when a client's yelling at you in your face to remain calm and make yeah. a difference. <laughs> and yeah. I haven't always been able to do that because it's just I struggle in that way, you know, so... Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I think for me as an entrepreneur that you said is one of your greatest qualities. And for me, it's one of my greatest qualities, but I, it's the th- one of the things I've had to work on 
the most. And it wasn't until I simplified it, like I just said, about 30 years old, um, that life really changed for me um, in my my head. And even in the bad relationships that I've been in, there's been that anchor of what I'm talking about in that composure or equanimity zone. So it's different for everyone. Some people have family. Some people it's a yoga. Some people it's a blank space where everything goes empty. Um, in that moment and you're calm because you can just, you know, absorb everything and listen. It's different for everyone. But for me, it's where I am composed enough where I, I'm going to say it this way for everyone who's an athlete. It's where you've played the game long enough and all of a sudden it slows down. And anyone who's played sports for long enough or got at least to the collegiate levels knows what I'm talking about. All of a sudden, or even the traveling level for soccer and whatever at a young age, the game suddenly slows down and you can mm-hmm. see things happen before they happen. And it doesn't become yeah. so fast and chaotic and like you're chasing the game. You're actually in control of the game in a weird way, even yeah. though it is chaos. And yeah. so that's what I'm talking about um, and yeah. Lauren's talking about. So Yeah, yeah you're prepared. You, you've been through the experiences and you're, you're more than prepared. Absolutely. And I know we've taken a lot of time, Lauren, so I'm going to ask you this last three questions, our last question with three, with three parts. Um, What are the three things that you've had to conquer, like really consciously as an entrepreneur um, that were negative traits that are now not so negative, but you've really had to concentrate on conquering them in your own self? Mm, Yeah, that's another good one. Um, so immediately what came to my mind is I'm a perfectionist. So I have really had to let go of, uh, perfectionism in our business of things, you know, I will do things the way I want them to be done. And I always train our staff and I hope that they would hold up to those expectations, but that's just not the reality, right? People do not function the same and, and not everyone has like some OCD and perfectionism in them. And so I've had to let go of that. And that was, and I would say that's actually something that I probably still struggle with, that I have to identify the moment that I'm going, oh my gosh, why didn't they clean it the way it needs to be clean? Or why didn't they sweep the way they needed to sweep it? Okay, but here's the thing. And the big, big screen, like the big, um, the big scene of things, right? Is it really that important? No, it probably isn't. And so I've had to really identify those moments where I start to get irritable about it. Um, and that's, that has actually allowed me to be a lot more free in managing my team because once you let go of those expectations that you put on other people and then the expectations that you put on yourself, that could be really heavy, right? And so there's that's, that's what we were talking about as far as like looking at the big picture that's really not that big of a deal, right? To someone who has OCD, it's probably a big deal, but you have to identify, you don't want to go down that rabbit hole. So I would say that's definitely something that I've worked on. Um, Also that it is entrepreneurship, restaurant ownership is so up and down. And when you have a down day, it's okay because it's going to go back up. And that's something I would say in your first year of business is so hard to understand because it really is that the roller coaster ride is not 
It's not this myth. It It is so real that you will have this amazing day. And you're like, oh, this is freaking awesome. And then you're going to have a super crap day the next day. And then it's going to, maybe it's another crap day, but, or maybe it's another even better day. And so learning how to ride those waves, the ebb and flow has been another challenge to, um, I guess, just really get through because when it is your own business and you are an owner operator, you can really attach to the highs and lows, but you have to learn to detach from that as well. Um, and I would say another, another thing that is hard, that is, I would say definitely a work in progress too, is not taking things personally, right. With your business, because yes, you are the face of your business and you are a, your business is a reflection of you and you are a reflection of the business is that you're not going to win everyone. Um, you're not going to make everyone happy. You are going to mess up. And to allow yourself some grace in that journey of, you know, you get a bad review and it's kind of like, okay, just you have to take it with a grain of salt unless if it's like a real major problem, right? If it's, it's a tendency for consumers to lash out through reviews and we don't get them that often, but when it does happen, it's, you feel insulted, right? Because it's a reflection of you and your business and your staff, and you're doing everything you can to be perfect for them when it probably wasn't you. It was probably them in a state of mind that things are going on in their world and you became that victim. And that is something that you just have to learn to detach from as well. Like talking about the emotional side of it, of getting too, you know, wrangled in on your emotions to it, not taking things so personally. And, you know, like I, like I just said about the highs and lows is, you know, there may be a situation, but for the most part, the people that are going to be coming in, they're your people. And I like what I just said as well was like, not everyone's your people. And so when you, when you learn to not attach things so personally, um, you again, feel a lot freer in those areas. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because I will, I want to talk about this. It's really huge in food and restaurants because we put so much passion in and we feel so much attachment to the food um, that mm-hmm. we make that I agree with you. There is this taking of it personally and mm-hmm. I've been right there and I still do it sometimes and I have to catch myself, but I do take things personally. I get a bad review or someone makes a comment about the podcast or I cuss too much. I do take it personally and I'm <laughs> just like, and so, um, I'm just like, okay, you have no clue what I've been through. And I'm a very yeah. much based on my childhood, based on being an entrepreneur from day one and just by the nature of who I am and sort of had to fight my way through everything. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's, I don't want to misunderstand everyone. I'm, I'm being vulnerable here. It's part of like who I am. And as I've been authentic and built my own brand, true to who I am, vulnerability is part of it. But also part of it is that I have this very hard, dark side that fights and mm-hmm. that fights for my life, that fights for the things that I want, um, that also understands that, you know, fighting for the things you want also means waiting for the things that you want. You know, that's also the twist there, right? Uh, anything mm-hmm. worth fighting for is also worth waiting for. Um, and mm-hmm. taking your time to earn it and put in the time and, and showing up and having the miracle happen after you show up, which we talked about in the last podcast. Mm-hmm. But I think it's an, important that 
you talk about it is the highs and lows. And in food and in the restaurant business, there's a lot of it. And I don't know about other entrepreneurs outside of it. And I know in Arte, like a lot, I've heard about supplements. And anyone who sells a tangible product, there are ups mm-hmm. and downs because you're dealing with tangibility. I don't know if it's the same digitally. It's just not a space that I'm quite as familiar with. But I do see here in Nashville, as I the musicians and the entertainers, there is this up and down every day when it comes because they do four days of shows or five days of shows. And some of the actual drummers and stuff and guitarists, they do double headers where they're playing for more than one band in a day uh, for more than eight hours. And mm-hmm. one of the weird things that I see is there's a lot of highs and lows. There's a lot of emotion because there's a lot of entertainment that goes on. And I'm going to tie it to Nashville just because I'm here in Music City because I think people can relate to this back to food is that food is the same way. There's a lot of entertainment in the food. Okay. And if you do it properly, there's an experience that goes along with it and an exploration for the the client where they they get comfortable with one thing but then they get trustworthy of you and they may try new things okay right. i'm fearless mm-hmm. like you said and lawrence said it has its bad things i'm fearless across belief because i basically deconstructed all of my fears other than i'm not so sure i'll ever be jumping like spelunking into a cave or something but there's things like that that's <laughs> definitely not going to happen or whatever the term is. I don't know if it's blunking the everyone's looking at me like I'm nuts. But um, it's the thing that I'm talking about is there's a certain thing. And in, in the music and entertainment business, I feel like there's so much emphasis to try to please everyone. And in yeah. food, it's the same thing. There's so much emphasis to please everyone. And here's the downfall. And here's where the highs and lows happen, guys is everyone, when you're trying to be something you're not, or you're not being authentic and vulnerable to who you are, or you're trying to squeeze a dollar out of someone, or you're trying to get just a like on your social media, or hoping that they'll tell someone to come here and they'll get more money in that moment. It's, Mm -hmm. I get it, you need the money in the moment, and there's a hustle because all the band and everyone needs to play, and same in the restaurant, everyone needs to work and all the staff. But here's the truth. If you do what Lauren said and you invest in them and you make it subconsciously that the wins are not the highs and the lows of the daily amount of money, but it's the customer coming back in every day, the money shows up. I don't know how to tell you this. I don't know how mm-hmm. anyone, and it seems to me, it, it was born into me. I knew this from the day I was born. I don't know why. It was just like, here it is. Mm-hmm. Like, this makes sense. So when I go into the world and everyone's coaching and teaching the opposite, it's not true. It's also like, stop. Everyone uses MailChimp and stuff like that. That's great for advertising and marketing. But if you're going to thank someone, you should probably do it with a thank you card. Handwritten, old school style build a relationship because over email mass doing it no one cares about that but if you want to send a coupon great do that so Mm -hmm. you know that's you want to balance out your highs and lows also as entrepreneurs and i agree with you on that i've had to manage it too and i've only learned to do this um over the last 12 years i should say out of Mm -hmm. 24 that i've been in food and then Mm -hmm. whatever amount before that and mowing lawns and entrepreneurs and millennium bridge electronics and stuff but mm-hmm. i think that you you hit the nail on the head it's it's it goes back to the composure and mm-hmm. it goes back to balancing out the highs and lows and it goes down to setting your own expectations and mindset and i think those are the four things or the, in a nutshell where i bounced around in a quadrant there that are important for the entrepreneur so lauren 
let's what do you want to leave everyone with i i definitely want to have you back on because i don't think we covered anything close to what we need to cover and i have like six (laughs) more questions so we'll just coordinate something maybe for january um since we're both so busy and the audience can know that's coming but i want you to give everyone where they can find you know your store the address the online restaurant academy um and then anything you want to leave everyone with would be awesome Yeah, yeah. I would love to continue the conversation. Um, There's always just so much to share. I think that's really my message is that that's why we started Online Restaurant Academy is because we've been through both me and my my partner. She's um, Tiffany Helton. She owns Stuff Burger Bar in town. She's been in the business for a long time. And just the industry, but then also female, you know, being a female restaurateur has its own challenges. And we've been, we've made the mistakes and we want to teach people how to avoid those mistakes. We want people to become successful sooner than later. Um, And that it's a journey. This whole thing is a journey. It's an experience. It's a lot of fun. You will be challenged. um, But if you're up for the challenge, you can be very successful at it. Um, So Snack Attack is right on college. We are in Midtown. We're just south of CSU, which is really fun. Um, Colorado State University and Online Restaurant Academy. So you can find us online. We have our Instagram handle, which is Online Restaurant Academy. That is also our website. And um, yeah, we're just we're actually recreating some new programs for Online Restaurant Academy. We've we've actually had to take a little bit of a step back this last probably about three months just because we've been so busy in our businesses. Um, but creating a lot of really valuable online content. And then, of course, we do consulting. So we do one-on-one consulting, whether you're here in town or if you're even national. We've, we've had quite a few clients all over the U.S. Um, and it's just a lot of fun to be able to empower people with knowledge that, you know, they would never they would never know until they get into that situation. And then you just don't always know how to make that decision. So we just love to share our knowledge. We love to share our experience. We love to um, just give people the tools and the resources to, you know, to learn how to make better decisions for their business, um, and and to explore from there. Just to you know to keep to keep people growing within their businesses, and um, essentially just thrive. I mean, that's I think what everybody wants in this life is to thrive, whether it's in your personal business or your professional. Um, or your personal life is just to be happy with what you've got going on, right? Even when you do come up against these challenges. So that's what we that's what we cultivate here at Snack Attack. Um, you know, when you come in through the doors, we have a good vibes only sign. And that's just, that's like our motto is check your baggage at the door, come in, have a good time, have a great experience, um, and basically carry on with your day. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to just... Um and leave everyone with this is one of the things you talked about is the untrustworthiness of the direction of the crowd. And I agree with an entrepreneur uh, with that. And I want to leave everyone with that. I also want to leave everyone with it's okay to use the feelings of the lows as a place you don't want to go. And when I talk about darkness, I use it as a place that I know I don't want to go to. So it becomes the energy and the light. It becomes the dark place that I use light to I don't know how to explain it, but there's dark places that in my low times that I use to bring light to my life. They're they're mm-hmm. anchored in that way. And I don't know how to tell you other than that I've been you've been through dark times. We all have. 
um, mm-hmm. and you know you get through them, and there are tools by which you should go face them, number one, because when you face them and conquer them and are fearless for them happening again, really, um, they can be used in that tool that I'm talking about for the fight for life. And yeah. and I don't know how to describe it other than as an entrepreneur, guys. Like As I've reset my life, it's almost like I'm a boxer. Like I'm back in a city where God has put me for some reason. I'm lining my will with his will. I have the podcast, which out of nowhere I thought I was going to trash, suddenly is resurrected, taken off, all because I ran into a random food truck person. And, um, and so all of a sudden I'm fighting for something different before I'm like, Oh, I got to go do food production again. I got to do all this, but my life took me in this direction and friends and, and opportunities here and, and now a career and, and everything and the podcast becoming holy crap, a dream come true. It's, mm-hmm. it's about fighting for what you believe in. It's about fighting through the lows and knowing and anchoring yourself to the highs, knowing that there has to be sadness to have happiness and victory. And there are no trophies without hard work and little wins first. There are no championships without the small wins. And it's so hard for people to understand this, but you have to find that fight or motivation or drive inside you. You know, I think it's different for men and women sometimes, but I don't know. For sure, I'm just mm-hmm. a man, so I can't speak for a woman, so I'm not going to. But mm-hmm. as a male, there instinctually for me, I have to have this drive and purpose and thing I'm fighting for and dragon I'm slaying, for lack of a better term. I know it sounds like prehistoric, but that's the mm-hmm. truth. Um, yeah. I need to swim shark-infested waters. I need to climb earthquake-shaken mountains, and I need to fight dragons. And that's what mm-hmm. in, in gives me light as a male and makes me shine as an entrepreneur and attracts people to me. And so Mm -hmm. you need to find inside you as an entrepreneur what that is, and that's going to make your business successful. And just like Lauren and I have this very energetic conversation, you see the podcasters and the people that come on the show, I filter through and I match, I make sure there's energy there and stuff like that because I'm trying to give it to you guys as an audience. This is not something I'm doing lacklusterly or I'm just throwing people on here. I'm trying to give everyone the right message with the right entrepreneurs in the right space, doing the right things, doing the right things creatively because this is hard and we need to fight for free markets and we need to fight for freedom. And it's done as entrepreneurs, especially in food, because there's more food entrepreneurs than any other entrepreneur group. So thank yeah, you, everyone. One, one, Go ahead, Lauren. One thing really quick, what you're talking about is your why. And we all have our whys. And I love your analogy of fighting the dragons and slaying the dragons, because even as a female and as a mom, like for me, it's more of like the mama bear thing, right? Like I will fight tooth and nail to continue to bring this dream to life. And that's just one thing is when you do start to go down that dark road, you always go back to your why. And I promise you, I promise you, if you go back to your why, you are all of a sudden your mindset changes and things start looking more positive and you you find that motivation again. You always have to go back to why you started that adventure, that um, that journey, the project, whatever it is, because that's what's going to get you through. So I think no matter what it is, however we fight through it, it's the why. Always identify it and stick with it. 
Well, Lauren just closed the podcast, guys, so we're going to leave it there. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. Thank you, Spotify, and we'll be touching base soon. Everyone, if you like what we're doing, share it. Share this podcast. It was outstanding. There's food entrepreneurs out there that need to hear this message, and we do it for free, guys. Lauren volunteered her time. I volunteer my time um, for the most part. Not anymore, I guess. I shouldn't say that anymore, actually. Sorry. <laughs> That's um, okay. So, You've made it. <laughs> so... Um, actually we'll have to, I'll leave that in there. We'll leave that in there guys. Cause I just totally, I did, I gave it away and I did something for good and now it's benefited <laughs> me. So I shouldn't be ashamed. You should celebrate of it. that. Yeah. Justin. Yeah. I, I, it's thing. just hard celebrate switch in my wins, head. My friend. Yeah. Yeah. I have trouble <laughs> taking accomplishment. Like I'm very quick. If I score a goal, I'm not the celebratory type. I'm like yeah. back to business. And, um, but anyway, so I appreciate everyone listening in. Um, Share the food, the food entrepreneurs, guys. The reason that what's going on is going on is because we're doing the right thing and we're benefiting people and we're helping people's lives. So share the podcast. It is free. There is no advertisements for anyone outside of this. And the entrepreneurs come on here and volunteer their time. So please support them and obviously support my crew by just listening to the podcast and sharing it with people because. Um, we're trying to make an impact and make a difference here. So thanks, guys. Uh, that was really long-winded. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>